This is Pam Electric Ghost, and we are live on our Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook channels. And we're very happy to be talking to Italian spoken word artist, Anna Utopia. And uh, we're glad to have her on the program. This is the first time she's been on. And so will everybody, you know, give her a hand from your home location. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, very excited because um, we've had some spoken word artists. I actually started as a poet. Um, I actually, when I was younger in uh, college, I wrote a bunch of collections of poetry and I self-published and I used to go around Mount Holyoke and Smith College in New England and actually do spoken word poetry at these like little poetry clubs, like coffee oh. shops. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I understand. And then I kind of got into the ghost thing, but... Um, it's it's really cool. So we're gonna we're actually gonna show two clips today. We're gonna show this first one, which I've got queued up, and uh, maybe you can give the name of it, the Italian name. See, so, okay. yes, the Italian name is Entelechia or or sul senso del dovere. In English, it's something like Entelechi or on the sense of duty. And this is the teaser trailer of the video. Cool. So we're gonna get into this, and it's yeah. a short trailer, and then we have a longer one. And we actually yeah. might play the whole thing because I thought it was actually 40 minutes, but it's actually yeah. six. So we can actually play the whole thing. So yeah. the, the longer one we'll play, the, and this one we're going to play out is like a minute, and then we'll come right back. We're going to mute your mic and we'll come right back, okay? Yeah. Lastre. Tutto il peso dell'infinito in atto trascinato il negativo rincorrendo i passi le luci a Natale un grillo l'attesa le frecce dell'auto la mia voce un audio di silenzio inframmittente sospeso Sospeso dal momento in cui, in noi, incudine, avrei dovuto. back on the air so that that is a really awesome video um so i, I know that's our teaser from a from a future project we're going to get into more um but maybe you can talk a little bit about it in terms of like what the bigger project is for that yes yes this is the the, the teaser trailer for Entelechia. Entelechia is one of the tracks in for my album my first album for you d'ombra I released it a couple of weeks ago in March, and uh, the name of uh, this uh, this spoken word uh, track is Entelechia, or on the sense of duty in English. Uh, Entelechy is a Greek concept uh, related to Aristotle. Aristotle, uh, it's something like a tension, 
uh, it's a way uh, of an organism of being constantly in motion to uh, actualize and reach a complete uh, realization of itself, uh, abandoning a state of potential. Uh, it's like a kind, of, a kind of persistent activity that makes the organism exist. And uh, in, uh, the, the, in this text, there are some provocative lines about uh, an important social issue here uh, in uh, Italy, which is immigration from Africa. You know, every year, many people try to reach Italy from Africa on uh, unsafe boats and in terrible condition and crossing the Mediterranean Sea and uh, many people die in the process. And in Italy, there, there is a strong debate uh, about uh, uh, how to help uh, or not to help these people and uh, um, how to handle the immigration policy. So, yeah. So, let me just interject. I think that is a universal kind of thing. I mean, I would just want to kind of empathize with that because in our audience, you know, in the US, we, we have gone through in the last four years, we had a lot of problems with yeah, 140 um, having a very uh, draconian. A concept about immigration and on our southern border did some things that were probably similar to what your country you know is experiencing with that um in terms of our southern border we were you know treating children really badly you know, basically you know kidnapping them things like that um so yeah yeah i think there's a universal issue today because there's so many people stressed not you know just because of covid because of natural disasters because of wars uh, people yes. try to come to countries that have maybe more industrialized uh, Western countries. People try to come all over the world for different reasons. And then, mm -hmm. the, you know, the indigenous population tends to be like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I, can, I can understand the, the way you're coming from in the art. And I think it's important things for artists to like speak out in different ways. So I think that's really good. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to get into is we're going to get into your other video, which is a little longer form. And I think I have it queued up now. I was just trying to set it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think, yeah, this is the other video. So uh, maybe you talk a little bit about what this is. It's not going to be the full 40 minutes. It's only like a no. six. Yeah, yeah, also maybe four or five minutes. Uh, this is uh, mm, a performance I did in Varese. Uh, uh, on, in May, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I perform with a spoken word poetry. Uh, th this is the same uh, song that I have in my album. So, Entelikia is the same. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I repeated uh, these, uh, these poems in loop for 40 minutes, about 40 minutes, in front of an art gallery, the Laviton Friends Art Gallery, during uh, an art festival, the Inside Photo Festival. That's awesome. I think that's kind of like, I think I've been getting more into that. We've got, you know, when we do it, we're doing a concert in July and we've got mm -hmm. some spoken word artists, um, you know, yeah. going to be talking. Actually, you think, because to me, spoken word is 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 part of music. You know, it's yeah. part of the yeah. art. It's, 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 you know, some people that maybe don't think so, but I, I've been trying to encourage it. And I started, like, again, in that kind of way. Um, then I, I transferred into other things. but. It's something I still thinking about actually doing a collection of poetry I did um, and, mm. and, and actually doing something like what you're doing here. Um, so it's inspiring me to maybe go back and take something I did. <laughs> so, 
and, 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 and take it off the shelf and do it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's more people doing this. Maybe I yeah. should do it. Um, so here we go. We're going to go into this one. Same thing. Mm -hmm. This is a little longer clip. So um, then we're going to we come back and we'll, we'll actually go through the questions I sent. Okay. Hold on. I'll get this going. Crizia le avrebbe ricordato 
Dio è nostro figlio. Il valore si misura in base al numero di like ed è necessario abbandonare gli altri a morire in mare. Che ci importa? Ci sono i pesci che li mangiano. Ma noi peschiamo i pesci e poi mangiamo i pesci. E così mangiamo i morti. Crizia ne avrebbe ricordato Dio è il nostro figlio. Il valore si misura in base al numero di like ed è necessario abbandonare gli altri a morire. Vale. Che ci importa? Ci sono i pesci che li mangiano. Ma noi peschiamo i pesci e poi mangiamo i pesci. E così mangiamo morti. Crizia le avrebbe ricordato Dio è il nostro figlio. Il valore si misura in base al numero di like ed è necessario abbandonare gli altri a morire in mare. Che ci importa? Ci sono i pesci che li mangiano. Ma noi peschiamo i pesci. E poi mangiamo i pesci. E così mangiamo morti. Crizia le avrebbe ricordato. Dio è il nostro figlio. Il valore si misura in base al numero di like ed è necessario abbandonare gli altri a morire in mare. Che ci importa? Ci sono i pesci che mangiano, ma noi peschiamo i pesci e poi mangiamo i pesci e così mangiamo i morti. Il corpo non perde le parole sono nazioni. Sembrano trasparenti, ma non restano solo fuori. Il vuoto coincide. L'energia coincide. Una sillaba è ciò che ci appartiene. Was Anna Utopia, and we're back with Anna Utopia. So, yeah, <laughs> maybe you can talk a little bit more yes. about. Oh, let me make sure I stop it. Yeah. Yes. Um, talk mo more about the performance at the festival and, um, you know, your costume, maybe like what you're trying to. I know your yeah. performance, yeah, artist yeah, yeah. what you're trying to, um, um, you know do as a performance yeah. artist with that piece? Yeah, first of all, um, my performance in, in, in Varese, uh, the title was Vox, that is the Latin word for voice. Mm -hmm. So I wanted people to be focused on my voice and, and uh, on what I had written, so, and not on my face or on my body. And so for this reason, I was wearing the hood, the, the, this solo yeah. hood. Yeah, and uh, I, was thinking, I was thinking that maybe that's what you were doing because I saw yeah. that it was Latin for voice, and I saw that you tried to not be distract anybody with your face, 
yeah you, exactly it's really like a focus which is i like what i like about performance art is you can do things like that yeah it kind yeah. of direct focus <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, in this poem there are some provocative lines i tried to translate in english but of course my uh, writing style is lost in translation so um, it's not so simple and uh, here here we are, we have Kritzia, who is uh, um, a political figure from uh, Asian Greek, and uh, he is talking with Antigone, and uh, he's saying about these people that who die in sea. Uh, who cares about these people? After all, if they die in the sea, uh, there are fish that eat their bodies. And so I say, okay, but uh, we used to eat the same fish taken from that specific sea. So at this point, do we also eat the dead? It's a, a like a logical trick, you know, it's a way to make people think yeah. that what seems distant to us is extremely close to us because we are all part of the same network, biological network of the same env environment, you know? Uh, so, yeah. I, re I repeat a lot of time these, uh, these lines uh, during my performance in loop again and again and again. Yeah. But it's interesting because if you think about it, the soil and the sea, you know, we all kind of get sustained from yeah. like, the cycle of life and death. And yeah. people probably just yeah. want to think about life, but death is part of the cycle of life, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. A, exactly. a lot of people don't want to think about it. But like, yeah, every everything that's in the sea that's biological will be yeah. eaten by orgasms in the sea. And then if you eat those orgasms, you're 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 gonna be yeah. you know, part of that cycle. And the same thing on on the yeah. land. Everything that's in the in the soil, your plants take that, and then you might eat the plant, or cattle eat it, or chickens eat it, or so it all is all a cycle. And so yeah. death is part of life, and life is part of death. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think that's really cool as a poet. Like, I get where you're coming from because, like, I kind of grew <laughs> up um, liking Victorian poetry. Yeah, I, I like William Blake, Tennyson, yeah. Wordsworth. I'm very into like the Songs of Innocence and Experience from William Blake, and mm -hmm. a lot of his, um, his his art had actually one thing about William Blake. I'll just jump in. Is um mm -hmm. he was a, a a metal crafter, and all of his poems are etched on acid metal etchings and yeah, they have yeah, yeah, yeah. really really elaborate drawings mm -hmm. or illustrations and it yes. was like and if you don't actually look at the, the those etchings mm -hmm. you know people a lot of times have separated his poetry from the etching but but you actually you know need to look at the whole piece yes yes so I, I get what you're saying like so when you take your poetry and you make it spoken then you do other things like we saw in that visual video at the beginning um, mm -hmm. and then what you did with your performance. So I think, yeah, it's, it's good to make like spoken word alive with other visual cues. I, I yes. Yes. It's not a general very well known here in Italy. It is not so much considered as music. So it's very difficult to do spoke, sp spoken word here in Italy, but I am trying. So. Maybe we can get people to pick it up on it to um, this international audience, and more people will will come Maybe. to what you're doing, and then they'll ask you to come to New York or London or Paris. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe maybe, maybe I, I will start to write in English because I my 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 production is all in Italian, but maybe I can try. No, yeah. I think it's good to do it in your native language because there's some things of what you're doing is yeah. is, is kind of key. And I am a big believer that if you're doing some work, that if you do a Japanese poet, you should do it in mm -hmm. Japanese, not translate it. Mm -hmm. so if you're yes. a Chinese poet or something, I want to hear the original and I will go listen to things like that because I think you, you do lose, like you mentioned, like you lose in translation. There's yes. something about your own language that are key yes. to your work. And so I don't think, I think there are audiences in New York and Paris and London that could understand what you're doing in the way that you're doing it mm -hmm. without changing it. And and, and mm -hmm. of course, you know, to break through, you do have to go to the, to English, but I would still push your Italian work because that's <laughs> Okay, that's good, um, okay. That's my opinion, but I know managers might say something else. A good opinion, okay. <laughs> I'm an artist, so it's like. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what artists say doesn't always, you know, translate to, to, to the success because <laughs> we just want to do it for artistic reasons. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to get into the questions I sent you. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think we already kind of talked about number one and number yeah. two. If yeah. you don't mind, do you think we've talked those out? Maybe we'll jump to number three. Yeah. Which is like, do you often use like socio-political issues as the focal point of your art or was it kind of just for that piece? No, no, I, it happens quite often. For us, it is more visible in my visual art series. In the past, I conceived and designed some uh, artworks on topics like must be perfect and consumerism and alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, speaking about uh, poetry and spoken word, I used to write in a very cryptic and hermetic style. Even Italians uh, have problems to understand what I was trying to say. A uh, few years ago, something happened. I met an American poet, Jack Hirschman, and his wife, Agneta Falk. Uh, they were in Italy for a tour. And uh, I had the opportunity to talk to them for a while. And um, they made me realize that uh, I have the skill to write in a more simpler way, with simpler language, and uh, to use poetry to talk about society and uh, with a, a linguistic register more understandable for people. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, this album, Fogli d'Ombra, my, my first album, uh, have a linguistic register more understandable than my past production. So I am oh, trying to, 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 really to be more, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you never yeah. know, it seems like what you're saying is that sometimes like in life you meet somebody, you mm -hmm. didn't intend to meet them, right? But they influence your work, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a happy accident. Yeah. Yeah, you, you meet somebody yeah. and they they look at you know and they give you some constructive criticism or they give you like a different way to look at your work because I think a lot of poets like I like that to use Victorian terminology. Yes, and like and if you think about the Victorian poets, they used to use this concept of little death, right, as a as a way to hide when they want to talk about sex. They would say yes, little death. yes. Yes. Um, and then you know, people today, if you say that, they're like, what does that mean? They have no idea. Right? <laughs> so so if you if you go and use a lot of like masking or like a lot of the poets didn't want to be direct. So they're very indirect about what they say. Yes. And they use language 
to, to put layers on top of things. So you have to try yes. to uncover it. So yes. is that when you try to simplify, are you saying you, you're doing less of that layering or you're doing maybe more, less of verbose composition? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of mm -hmm. like I, why I like William Blake maybe more than Tennyson. Or uh, okay. Yeah. Because if you think about like tiger, tiger, fearful thy symmetry, it's a very yes, simple yes. line. Very simple. Very most of Blake's poems are very short, simple, not very wordy, but they're yes. just as effective as Tennyson or Wordsworth or Lord Byron or any of the other great mm -hmm. poets in that time. But he was able to do it in a lot simpler language. I think yes. is what you're talking about. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let me talk about uh, number four. Hmm? When did you, the fourth question, um, when did yeah. you first get into music? Like what age or, or into your art? So you're combining uh, like music and poetry. Okay, okay. Um, first of all, I grew up in a family where everyone uh, listened to a lot of music. My mom loved bands like Led Zeppelin, uh, all the rock from the 70s. My dad uh, listened to Pink Floyd, Rolling Stones, uh, Joe Cocker. My brother listened a lot of rap music and I listened to any type of music. My musical education is based uh, on uh, classical music because I started playing piano when I was seven years old and I took private lessons until the end of high school. But my, my musical style is spoken word. So, you know, my, my main musical instrument is my voice. And my pentagram is my notebook. And uh, my musical notes uh, are the words, the language, you know. I started writing poetry at the end of uh, middle school and I never stopped. And I do a lot of sound research on word, on language. Uh, it is very important in my creative process. Uh, sometimes I, I, I want uh, some sound, certain sound like uh, or to appear yeah. in my lines. Uh, so I do a lot of research on etymology and I began to dig uh, in every field of human knowledge to find the perfect word. Uh, and sometimes I didn't, I did not find the perfect match. So I needed to create a new word. It happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. I've done that in some of the stuff I've done with the ghost. I've kind of created yeah. this old ghost mythology. <laughs> it goes with my concept. It's kind of science fiction progressive. But, yeah. But but what's interesting? I'm a synth. I'm a synth player, right? I'm I play like like analog, digital, Euro rack, modular. Mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. Some of the synths I play are like from the seventies. They're, they're yeah. like modes and like yeah. you know old technology. And the thing I reason I like it is kind of like it's atmospheric, and it has like organic sound. And I like to think of like. Uh, um, music is sound painting. Um, so a lot of what I do is, is got a lot of like color or feel like a, like a painter. And I think, yeah. um, in, in, in the type of work you do, I, I recognize like a lot of the, 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 the music behind your spoken word has this kind of atmospheric progressive nature. Like it, it could have come from like, you know, the 1970s, like a Pink Floyd, uh, like a, a yes, a, a Genesis. It has that, yes. kind of, you know, and, and I'm, that's where I like to, to, to write my music. So I totally understand what you're doing, but your focus is your voice is your instrument. 
but you yes. do have the other things and because i'm a synthesis i do actually pay attention a lot to your the music that's behind it um yeah and i i think it's awesome i like the way it builds it's got a classical nature to it yeah it's, it's, it's very much you know it's like what could be used in film it's it's really the kind of stuff i'm into and i, I do yeah. appreciate the sound that you yeah. do yeah um, that, that, that that's all... yeah you know go ahead Just yeah like, is that yeah. all you, your composition are you doing everything with the music too yeah um sometimes it happens that i compose my own music and i like to do, to use uh, ambient sounds Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know, when I am at the mountains, I record uh, nature sounds. In the city, I record uh, uh, traffic noise or people talking. Mm -hmm. uh, but for my first album, I mm, collaborated with three artists, uh, Giuseppe Fiori, uh, Leonardo Barilaro, uh, un artista minimalista, and they composed the music, but I personally mm, followed the mixing and mastering phases with uh, Massimo De Feo, who is the sound engineer, sound consultant for DZP, and uh, it was mind-blowing. I really loved to work with him, to work with him because um, uh, the mixing phase uh, is really interesting. Uh, you have to calibrate the sound, uh, uh, all the levels, the effect, uh, yeah. and uh, using your ears. And uh, I really liked to do this kind of work. Yeah. I think what I would just interject there on that point is I was watching a documentary on Pink Floyd and you mentioned yeah. Pink Floyd and they said that, you know, the mixing back in the seventies, every member of the band was in the recording studio and yeah. had a hand on the mixing board and they considered the mixing board like another instrument because yeah. they controlled the emphasis of what their instruments, so each, each guy was like, you know, there was a keyboard player, there's a, you know, there's a yeah. bass player, guitar player, but each each member of the band kind of said, well, they, they kind of knew where they wanted things in the mix. And then yes. they knew how, whether they wanted to use like backward tape effects or like looping, or they wanted yes. to bring field, field recordings. Like you were talking about field recordings is a big part of progressive music. It's actually yes. going back. You listen to bands like Pink Floyd. Yes. Yes. At the beginning of one of, one of their albums, they actually took a field recording of a forest and I'm close to the edge at the beginning of the record is a field, you know, analog tape recording of sounds of a forest. Yeah. The first maybe yeah. 30 seconds of it is just the sound of that forest. And that is a very common thing that old, older bands in the 60s and 70s did. But there's a lot of people today that are doing it. Um, mm -hmm. Whether, they, you know, and I think it's really cool to, to mm -hmm. have that artistic, you know, notion that you could take a recording in nature or just sounds yes. out in the world and find a way to use them in your work uh, mm -hmm. in a creative way. I think that's really cool. I, it's, I, I encourage all yeah. artists to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, um, so you got into music young. You learned it from like a classical kind of piano background. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of similar to anybody yeah. who usually learns piano. They have to learn the basics. Uh, and the classical is like the, is the core. Yeah. Um, so how long would you say you've been working on music? Number five is like, how long have you been working on music since you were like young? Um, I have been performing uh, for a long time, many years uh, with my spoken word poetry, often with music from other artists. I performed in clubs, art galleries and museums. Maybe my first uh, 
performances was uh, maybe I was still in the high school, so I was uh, young. Yes, yes, and uh, it was uh, <laughs> interesting because uh, the first time someone asked me to read my poems, I was uh, terrified. I am I, at the time I was quite shy, so I told him, please. Uh, read read my, my poems go and read i i i, I can't it's not my thing uh, but when i heard his voice uh reading what i had written in my mind i was like okay that's cool but no it shouldn't be read like that uh, i want to use my voice i need to use my voice and so i began working on my voice and on how to perform uh with uh, with my voice uh, yeah that's why I think I've talked to other artists um, who are um, vocalists, and a mm -hmm. lot of people sometimes forget, you know, that, you know, the voice is an instrument. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if you're an opera, or if you're like you yeah. know, a five octave singer that has the ability to hit like five octaves, then you know, if you think about like in the old days of music, like we had the Frank Sinatra, you know, you had like the really the big bands, and you had these vocalists. And there was like, you know, professional songwriters that would write for yeah. people like Frank Sinatra, right? And, and, and even if you get to like Motown, the focus was on the voice. Um, so like even within American like pop music, Motown yes. is like the biggest, is everybody like Marvin Gaye and, you know, Smokey Robinson. These guys had like perfect voices. And then later in music, you get the, the, the idea you can have somebody like a Dylan who doesn't yeah. have a perfect voice. Is more yes. poet, right? Yes, but but I think Dylan's a good analogy because Dylan is a poet. That you know his voice is kind of critical to what he does, but it's what he says. Yes, but then he found a way with that voice to emphasize things, and it's a character. His voice yes. is a character. He has yes. multiple versions of that voice, and he uses it to emphasize different things. And I think. Like as a as a spoken word poet, I I, I spent a lot of time look, looking at Dylan because yes. he, he has a very unique way of of of, of, a, of approaching his material. And even though people think he has like one voice, he's got maybe five or six versions of his voice that, that he yes. used for different emphasis for different things. Um, yes. So I think that's real critical as a as a like yes. talk about how you want to deliver your work. I yeah. get what you're saying. It's like it's a very mm -hmm. big part of how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> One of my spoken word albums uh, I love the most uh, is An American Prayer by The Doors. Oh yeah. <laughs> Morrison, yeah. Morrison, like, he's a great poet. I would. I would. I would yeah. Yeah, it's one of my references. One of he he has influenced a lot my my style. One of my reference. Uh, yeah, points, I mean, yeah. He, he had like a lot of potential. He, like, you know, if we hadn't lost him in the 70s to like mm -hmm. match Dil Dylan's catalog, you know, yeah. he would be the other poet in rock is mm -hmm. Morris. Because his, yeah. his work, if you look, if you listen to the Doors album, it's just, it's poetry. It yeah. happens to work as music, but it's more poetic than anything I've heard since like Dylan. And yeah, maybe, exactly. maybe more poetic than Dylan in a way, mm -hmm. um, because he's trying to be like 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 those romantic poets. He's actually channeling it and doing yes. it. And, yes, and, and it is is incredible his work. I mean, I I've, yeah. I've gone through all the Doors records, and um, 
I was very impressed with that stuff when I was a kid. You know, it, yes, the me too. The keyboard playing, you know, being a keyboardist at Rayman Zarek, I mean, I was always like very enamored with the fact that you had that combination of, of Rayman Zarek on, 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 the, on the keyboard. Yes. Doing these really elaborate lines with this mm -hmm. really, with this incredible poetry. Uh, and you really don't have a lot of bands that do that. You know, yes. even today, you, you, there's nobody that really matches the doors. Um, yes. No one's ever tried. People have said maybe Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder kind of channels a little Jim Morrison in some ways, but you know, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, in some ways, maybe. Um, but yeah. Okay. But yeah, I totally yeah. get what you're saying. Um, so the other question I have is number six. Uh, uh. It goes into like when you realized you had a talent and then you decided to like write your own. Because like a lot of people get into music, like you learn piano. A lot of times yeah. you're learning piano, you're playing Beethoven, you're playing Bach, you're playing jokes. Yeah. When did you decide that you would write your own stuff? Um, I, I really don't know, you know, because I write because I like to. I write poems because I need to write poems. So there isn't a specific uh, events that made me realize this. Uh, maybe my first performances. Uh, as I told you before, um, maybe from that point, I started writing a text more oriented for live performances. Mm. Um, yeah, but there is not a specific uh, event that, uh, that m made me realize that I had a talent. I don't know if I am talented, <laughs> no, <I didn't laughs> to be honest. <laughs> talking to you, I, I do believe it. <laughs> so you have a believer here. Um, and I, I know that artists are very much like that. You know, like mm -hmm. there are stories where Hendrix did not like his voice, right? Hendrix thought he was, had a terrible voice. Hendrix mm -hmm. didn't you know, think he was anywhere near his idol, who was Bob Dylan, right? Mm -hmm. so, uh, Bob Dylan was the, the guy that Hendrix was trying to write his music to be like Dylan. In, yeah. Within rock music. And he, he never knew if yeah. he really approached it, but he did. You know, and he was yeah. very self-critical. You know, he was yeah. super self-critical. He didn't believe he was as good as he was, which is amazing. Yeah. The fact that he was on like the best guitar player even to the day. There's hardly anybody near what he could do. Um, yeah. But he was very, and I think that is with a lot of people who are great, you know, don't mm. don't really realize. Which, so mm. don't, don't worry about that because a lot of times great artists are self-critical uh, and, and mm. maybe don't realize that where they are. Which makes you yeah, work harder. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. if you think you're great, right, you might stop working. Right? Yeah. You might. Stop I never. Working. I am never satisfied with what I I do. Yeah. I have to do better and better. Yeah. I think that's the nature of being a creative person, because yeah, the, the spark that makes you create is the fact that yeah. you think you can do better, right? So you're gonna keep on trying to evolve your work to be what you think is the best. Yeah. Which. We will actually exactly. create great work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. But um, yeah. the other thing I, I asked about, like, um, is like, who are your influences and who are the people that you were your reference point? Like, number seven is like, who inspired okay. you to do what you do? Uh, I told you before about uh, the doors, but there are many poets who have been relevant and inspiring. For example, Sylvia Plath. Anna Khmantova, 
uh, the poets from the Beat Generation, Allen Ginsberg, Jack Kerouac. Uh, I, I like a lot of Jack Kerouac. Uh, I also appreciate uh, French poets, Baudelaire, Rimbaud, Verlaine, and many Italian poets too. Mm, one of my favorites is uh, Cesare Pavese. Uh, regarding music, uh, I listen to every uh, kind of music, all genres. I like uh, rock from the 70s, grunge, uh, electronic and minimal music, Alvanotto, Affect Twin, uh, Chemical Brothers, Prodigy, Moderate New Order. <laughs> and yeah. I also appreciate the linguistic use and uh, experimentation of uh, some uh, old school Italian rappers. But okay. I think that you don't know nothing about, I don't know, yeah, Joe Cassano or Neffa. So it's difficult for me to make you understand this. No, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's good for you to say it because like your audience, my audience isn't just the U.S. It's, your, it's like where you are. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I know. In fact, so, so the people who hear this broadcast, if you, you know, feel free to say whoever you want to that maybe the rest of the world yeah. won't know. But where in your neck of the woods, they will know in Italy. So. Yeah, some names, Joe Castano or Neffa, uh, when, when Neffa was younger, uh, we have the, 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 Fabri, the, the first Fabri Fibra production uh, and a lot of uh, other rappers. And they, uh, use, uh, they have an interesting use of, uh, of the language. You know, rap is a genre uh, in which language is used um, in a similar way to poetry. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, and so like I really appreciate some some text. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of what's going on is like a lot of the energy in the music industry is in hip hop and rap. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you know, initially, it was kind of looked at. Well, what are they doing? They're kind of sampling, but but it's not just that because like the lyrical content of some you know American hip hop artists is like similar to Dylan. You know, it's similar like yes. real young in terms of the, the the actual depth of the content there's yeah. like very good really you know people who could win poet poetry awards on 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 the on the depth of what they write and and the, and yes. the investigation of it it's it, because the thing is disappointing in rock music because i love rock it's, yeah kind of, me too we kind of lost like the neil young's we don't have you know people you know, he's still there, but we don't have like new people who are, have that kind of energy as much. And, you know, it yeah. seems like the rock has kind of gotten supplanted by, by hip hop, which is, you know, I guess it is a different era. So, so with, it's interesting that in hip hop, it is all poetry. It's the, yeah. the words are more important than anything. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's, it's something that I've had a struggle in my music trying to incorporate. So a lot of what I do is spoken word, but I use, Boy coders and voice mm -hmm. transformers to create yeah. voices, but you know I'm not really I'm trying to sing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of it is is kind of based in what I do is um I would call um stream of consciousness, stream of consciousness mm -hmm. almost yes. one track. Yes, stream mm -hmm. of consciousness style of recording, which is yeah. kind of old school in rock mm -hmm. music. A lot of old bands used to just kind of just go in the studio and lay it down and figure out what they were going to do. Uh, and it, they kind of just like let the tape run and then they found something. You know, Frank, yes. Zappa, Frank Zappa was famous for that. He would just like just do tape, tape all of his performances. And then yes. he would go 
and find, oh, this line from this performance, this line from this performance, and then he started cutting the tapes and like, oh, here's a new song, right? And he would just be taping yes. like everything. And then he would go back into his house and kind of find yes. the songs from all the tapes. And his wife said he would just like be listening to all the tapes and start merging ideas. Yes, um, yes. Which is really, I think, a cool way to, to process. I actually have started to, uh, you know, tape all my live concerts. And then I go back and I actually construct songs from mm -hmm. my live jamming, um, which yeah. kind of, I, mean, I was re reading about how Frank Zappa did it. And for the last two years, that's like most of my songs have been constructed out of live yes. jam. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. Yeah, I understand that because it is something similar to what happens to me with my notebook. I write down all my feeling, all my vision, a lot of stream of consciousness. And so I isolate some part and I reuse it and refine it. So I understand perfectly what we are seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good because sometimes if you just sit down and say, I'm going to write a song or I'm going to yeah. write a poem, it, it, to me, it doesn't work. You know, to yeah. me, the muse just comes out of nowhere. I could be like, wake yeah. up at two o'clock in the morning and jump yeah. on my notepad and write something. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I could be out on my bicycle and then suddenly, oh, I got to stop and do a voice recorder because yes. you know, it just comes out of nowhere. And like most of my ideas, like if I try to write something, it, most of my ideas come from like this kind of stream of consciousness. It seems like sometimes I'll have a full song that just seems to come out of nowhere. Like yes. I into something and it just comes to me. And, yes. I, and I, try not, I try not to fight it. I try not to analyze it. Cause I like it just, if you analyze it, then you wreck it. Then you just kind of like, okay, I just got to listen to what's coming and take it. <laughs> yes, yes. It's the, th it's the same for me. Yeah, I, I understand perfectly what are you are saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that like the one that I'll tell another story about Hendrix. Hendrix. One time he was playing like with like um, a, a famous band. He was playing with like the Isley Brothers, which is okay. a big American funk band. He actually, Hendrix was actually a, a member of the Isley Brothers. He used to actually play for a lot of different soul acts before he got big. He played for like Little Richard. He played okay. for the Isley Brothers. He used to do as a backup guy. He was like a studio musician. And okay. one day he was playing with them and he went off kind of, and did something that wasn't part of the song. He was supposed mm -hmm. to be playing an Isley Brothers song, and suddenly okay. he, he went and played like his own thing. And they're yeah, like, okay. like, "What are you doing?" And he said, <laughs> and he said "Well, it, it came to me, and I couldn't. I didn't want to lose it." <laughs> and they were taping it, right? So he said, "I know you guys are taping, and, and I know it's not your song, but I didn't want to lose it, so I played it." But I yeah. think that kind of. <laughs> He was so into that that he almost like wrecked his gig with his band because he wins like I have to play this so bad because this is like yes. something that just came out of nowhere. It's not yeah. what I'm supposed to do, but I'm gonna do it. But that kind of makes you understand the way Hendrix was that yeah, he just do yeah. whatever he had to do. Great, yeah, awesome, yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> let me think about the other question I have. It's kind of like your writing style, um, your kind of process, and. I, I kind of get the question, you know, it gets a little technical in the parts of it, but I don't know yeah. if like, you're a poet and you're a spoken word artist, but you also work on your music. Yes. So, yes. Like in today's world, like the question talks about using like a digital audio workstation or going into your home recording studio or a traditional recording studio. 
So do you do like a little bit of all of it? Do you do like stuff at home? Do you go to a professional studio, which I think you already said you do, but how much work do you do at home before you go to a studio? Um, Regarding spoken word and the text, I do, of course, a lot of work at home because I need to write the text. So, you know, my creative process begins by looking at the world, at the society, or even the small thing like, you know, the sunlight on a building, people walking in the street. And so, as I told you before, I write down all my vision, all my feelings, and I refine them from a linguistic point of view. Uh, so, I am at home or, I don't know, uh, on a train, uh, everywhere. It's not important where I am, you know. Uh, but uh, as for the, the music and the backing tracks, um, I now for the Corona crisis, I bought uh, a microphone, so I have an home studio, small home studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, my album was recorded uh, at the studio of the various artists I collaborated with. Uh, when I compose my, my music, I use uh, Fruity Loops or Cubase or sometimes simpler software like uh, Audacity is enough mm-hmm. for my needs. Yeah, yeah. because I, I don't have good. a lot of instruments. I just yeah. have my voice and maybe these uh, sound levels, but they are very small and very simple. Yeah. I don't I have to record the instruments. I think what's interesting is like, you know, everybody like, you know, we're living in a world where everybody said, oh, are you using Pro Tools? Are you yeah. using like Ableton? Are you using like... Yeah, Apple? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But you don't have to because like, you know, if you think about like my music, The Ghost, right? I don't even use, I don't use a doll. Okay. I am, like, I am using hardware recorders. I use ah, like, okay. Castam and yeah. Zoom hardware yeah. recorders. Yeah, yeah. Analog and digital hardware synth. And so I don't have anything on a grid. Everything is okay. like, everything's punch in, punch out, like you're an old, like 1974. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, I put that limitation on myself because mm-hmm. what I found is like, if I don't have all the choice that you have with a DAW, you know, if yeah. I don't give myself like a million different sounds I could choose from. And I, I yes. say, here's my Moog, here's what my Moog can do, here's what my Roland can do. I'm going to do what, <laughs> what they can do, right? And it's going to keep me in a kind of certain area. But if you think about it, like, even within those instruments, there's, like, infinite things you can do. Yes. And if you just, like, say, I'm going to become a master of this Moog, I'm going to become a master <laughs> of this Roland, I'm going <laughs> to learn everything it can do. I've been using them for, like, 20 years, and I get new stuff out of them every day. Um, and so I found that like I can limit my choices, limit how I do the recording and kind of put constraints and those constraints actually, actually give me more, more space. Yes. Like expansive sound. The idea I came up with expansive sound is this idea of using these constraints to actually give you safe, like unlimited capability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I understand. Yourself, but then you give yourself this expansive yeah. sound that that <laughs> you can't really match. You know the stuff I do because it's not done on a dog. Yeah. People can't. I kind of kind of freeform. You have to kind of play with it as a jazz artist or something. So I, I yes. think I understand. Like not happen. I think it's good to do what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. is to 
use simpler tools or different things. Again, they don't always have to be like on the cutting edge. You know, mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. do an old, like I'm using old 1974, 75, yeah. 78 technology, you know? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, maybe three months ago, uh, an artist asked me a collaboration. I uh, don't have a microphone at home and uh, uh, everything was closed due to coronavirus. I recorded my voice with my voice with my smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> and so and I refined my voice with audacity <laughs> and then I send to them the, the recordings and he used them. And oh, yeah, the, things like a lot of people got to understand if you go back and think about like a Motown record, right? You go think about like yeah. a record from 1930s, right? Mm-hmm. If you think mm-hmm. about sounds from 1920, 1930, 1940, the sound isn't going to be what it is today, but people still like yes. it. Right? Yes. So, yes. So, yes. So, so the, the idea that you have to have a $5,000 mic, no, yeah. Right? You can record, and if it, it's really what is on the recording, you know, like, and so, like, if, like if you got like, like, think about there's a story about Jack White from the White Stripes, right? Yeah. And people have five thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar guitars. He recorded one of the famous White Stripe albums with like a hundred dollar guitar. Yeah. Right. He didn't need to have the best guitar. He, it's how he plays that guitar. Right? Yes. So that's like I yes. tell kid, like young musicians, like, oh, well, I can't cut it. I can't do the gig unless I got like a two grand guitar. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, I you see. Don't. It's like yeah. you, you, you. Is this really what your You're heart right. is? And you can get out there and you can do it and you don't have to have the most expensive gear. It's kind of like it's like what you're putting into it. Yes. What yes. it is. You know, but yes. Exactly. I always tell yeah. people that. I, I get what you're saying. And you, you <laughs> they took you, they took your your work because mm-hmm. it shows that it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but for all the people who want to make it matter, there's people who make money off of making it matter. But um, yeah. <laughs> um so when have I? I have this question about where where have you played live, and we kind of know that we yeah. showed you playing live, but maybe you can talk about other places that you played live, like in your career, maybe. Yeah, um, uh, I performed in, in clubs, a lot of art galleries, and also museums, most of all. And um, the first. My first, not the first, but what I considered my first important performances took place in an incredible place in Milano, at La Buca di San Vincenzo. It was an historical jazz club, and now unfortunately, now unfortunately has closed recently due to the corona, I oh. think. Uh, yeah, and um, I, I really, I really liked that uh, that club, um, but you know. Did you we, find we, that museums and art galleries are the best place for the type of work you do? Maybe in Italy, because uh, it's it's not perceived, uh, sp- spoken word is not perceived uh, as music. Okay, so art. you need a specific audience. Uh, I also tried Poetry Slam, mm-hmm. but it's not my thing, because I feel like a stand-up comedian. I don't know, uh, people oh, want okay, to... Yeah to be entertained, uh, but I am not that style. I am not capable to uh, make people laugh. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's not so yeah, simple for spoken, me. I think spoken word, at least today, has a lot of performance aspect to it that, that sometimes yeah. the kind of clubs you're in um, mm-hmm. aren't, aren't going to allow you to do more avant-garde stuff. Um, yeah. 
And so it's really kind of, I understand what you're doing is like the art gallery. And a lot of stuff that goes to what I do with my electronic music actually fits more and more like underground clubs. So I yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. play like in a traditional club. I got to go to New York and go to a club mm -hmm. where everybody's doing like progressive, yeah. experimental, right? So the night yes. I go is like the experimental night. But I can't yeah, go like yeah, on a pop music night. That audience is going to be like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's the same for me. Yeah. And maybe in Italy, the best place is, is uh, an art gallery or a museum. Maybe it depends. That's not a bad thing. I think because, you know, if you think about like like Andy Warhol and Lou yeah. Reed, you know, yeah. when they started with the Velvets, that was all like art gallery stuff. And, yeah. you know, the Velvet Underground created alternative music because yeah. they started it in these art galleries yeah. know, with the Velvet Underground in the 60s and you mm -hmm. know that type of work that was at the time the Velvets had Andy Warhol's artwork on yeah. like screens behind him they had actors they had mm -hmm. uh, you know like um you know all types of you know different people it was like a happening and yes. So it was like there was a there's like a mixture of like performance art and music, and yeah. it was, you know that is what inspired you know alternative rock. Almost all the alternative bands will say like you know Smashing Pumpkins, Pearl Jam, REM, all these bands yes. come back and say Lou Reed and Randy Warhol, you know, kind yeah. of made me want to do this. Um, yeah. So I think they, they come from that space is not a bad place to come from. You can always yeah. argue that that's that's like the root, the root of that type of music, or that type of work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's great. <laughs> I, oh, that's where I kind of live. <laughs> yeah. I live for that type of stuff. But um, mm -hmm. so what are your, I get to number eight, what are your thoughts about the future of music? I think what you're doing is actually kind of like the future of music. Uh, oh, uh, oh, the future of music. Uh, I think that the future of music is uh, that of all artistic forms. You know, it depends on dynamics related to historical and uh, social context, but also on technical tools. With new technical tools, it's possible to conceive uh, new musical styles. When the electric guitar was invented 100 of years ago, new musical possibilities also opened it up. And uh, maybe nowadays we have creative machines capable of composing music uh, thanks to artificial intelligence. Uh, there is this supercomputer, LAMUS, uh, designed at the University of Malaga 10 years ago, and it can compose classical music. So who knows? Maybe, maybe the music or the lyrics could be developed uh, entirely by artificial intelligence. But I don't know. I can say for sure what's going to happen. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an oracle, so I don't know. No, but I think you're you're headed in a good direction because we actually have a guest coming on next week on the 11th. A guy named mm -hmm. Kevin Stratton. And he's mm -hmm. actually working with like IBM. Um, yeah. And their, and their tools, and he yeah. actually is working on this IBM tool. Yeah, AI. I have done a workshop in IBM with IBM. Yeah, yeah. and they're doing it. They, they they have these like Watson AI tools yeah. for music production. So yeah, the AI can go and set up your your motif because it listens to you. So yeah. over time, it listens to you as a musician and yeah. then figures out how to give you like a backing bass player, how to give yeah. you 
a drummer could listen to how you're playing the chords and then it <laughs> gives you back this like artificial like studio musician that actually plays based on you know the thing about it is it has to learn your style so yeah. it doesn't do it yeah. right away you have to actually play with it for like a while and yeah. then yeah. eventually it learns how you play and then it tries to match it which yeah. is kind of cool i think that that you know being a solo musician myself and, and mm -hmm. not always being able to play with a band that mm -hmm. kind of thing is kind of cool because then it's like i can say hey i kind of want a drummer that sounds like you know like uh like like brubeck quartet yeah so they'll go back and listen to the brubeck and then find a drum that might sound yeah. like brubeck drummer and i'm like that's fantastic yeah yeah i mean there's other things you know in terms of like where music is going are we mm -hmm. gonna get like another kurt cobain are we gonna yeah. get another dylan are we gonna get mm -hmm. another hendrix are we are Who we knows? gonna get another at fitzgerald you know are we gonna get another aretha franklin you know, are we yeah. gonna get somebody that we don't even expect that, mm -hmm. that gives us something totally new i think yeah. a lot of musicians i've been talking to about kind of like when are we going to get somebody that does something totally new kind of like if you think about it a guy like james brown you know created funk mm -hmm. that was like new yeah 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 comes at music and gives us something like wow i never heard that before. You know, yeah i would like to see that <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> absolutely i hope to see that yeah. we're yeah. hoping that COVID has made musicians like been work you, you know the good thing about like one thing about COVID that i think yeah. that would be good for musicians is if a musician is is made that they can't go out right then they practice yeah and if they practice they come up with new stuff right yeah and so a lot yeah. of musicians have had like a year and a half to be like in their studio doing whatever yeah. they want without having to tour yeah so i think potentially the music that's been recorded in the last year and a half could be like very very powerful could be very very good and we could have a lot of gems out yeah there it makes sense they're start coming because it, it came out of like a crisis it came out of you know but it also came from the fact that the musicians are able to work on their craft without having to focus on on other things uh, yeah the musicians that were able to record may be able to produce like really amazing work potentially yeah okay. that's what that good side of it mm -mm. yeah it makes sense yeah yeah so so what are you thinking about in terms of like the state of the industry um the industry a lot of people have opinions about like how artists get paid how you know uh, are record companies important should you just yeah. do it all by yourself you know what do you think i'm a, an independent artist so okay uh regard the, the music industry sometimes it seems to be very ephemeral an ephemeral world you know it is difficult to, to keep people attention high uh maybe because uh, also because of the social networks and internet uh, who offer new contents um again and again so you you don't have the time to focus and to know uh, an artist that uh, there is another one and so on so i don't know i am not so into the music industry so it's not so simple for me to 
to to I have agree. an overview, a specific overview, because I always done uh, everything by myself. So <laughs> you yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not simple for me to have a label uh, here in Italy for my spoken word production. Is uh, yeah. really I, mean, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I am a kind of on my own label. I'm an independent. Yeah, okay. I have yeah. worked with other. I've had distributors. I've given like I've given yeah. my rec my record to record labels, and they haven't done mm -hmm. as good a job as me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I okay. I'll let this label say they're going to do this, right? I tried okay. two, two different independent labels said that yeah. they could do a better job than me. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. I proceeded to actually do better just doing it myself. So I yeah. said, you know, then I'll just keep doing it myself. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way the industry is. It's like the, the, I think the problem we have is we have a kind of like um, like we have this like low attention span audience. That, yeah, that they got to have everything on a playlist. It can't be more than two and a half minutes. Yeah, if it's longer than that. There's no attention for it. You know, I grew up in an age where people listen to albums. Right? Mm -hmm. so, you listen to Pink Floyd, you put it on vinyl, you listen to the whole thing because it's on vinyl. You yeah, don't listen to Stevie Wonder, you listen to Inner Visions, you listen to the whole thing, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a person today, still, I will go and buy modern records from artists yeah. who still do albums. Yeah. You know, I, 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 there are people who still do records. There's a, a female artist in the U.S. called Liz Fair. She mm -hmm. put out a record like just this week, like 10 years since she did mm -hmm. one. But you know, mm -hmm. Rolling Stone gave it like almost five stars because it's an album. It actually yeah. said, said something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love albums because an artist is able to do with like more than one track. They can say something. Yeah. Um, and I think as a spoken word artist, you necessarily have to have people listen to your whole body of work, not mm -hmm. just one thing. Because yeah, you've, you've got this. It's like a novel. It's like a short mm -hmm. story. It's like a film, right? Yes, you, yes. You can't just be on a playlist of like 10, 10 over 20 other artists and say, hey, what's yeah. proven? Like, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, <You know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of money is needed to produce an yeah. album, a physical, a real album. So it's not so yeah. simple if you are an independent artist. So. If it's difficult. And if, the, and if the, that specific music style doesn't... Uh, work in your country so yeah it's for hard. now my production it's all digital but maybe one yeah. day who knows <laughs> i don't know we'll so see I think yes. what happens is if you're able to get to like a new york right if you were able to get to paris if you get to london yeah and yeah and i think having a physical vinyl or, mm -hmm. or, because what, what's going on in the u.s is like if i go to new york city and i yeah. go to a small club that's like got 300 people yeah, and I go mm -hmm. have a micro label print off like a hundred mm -hmm. vinyls for me. Mm -hmm. I yeah. will sell all hundred vinyls at that club because okay. people like like to buy it in that form. Yeah, because if they if I have artwork on it and it looks good and it's mm -hmm. like the, I think the thing about vinyl, yeah, like you you don't have to run a lot of them. You could run very small batches. Yes. And, yes. and if you physically show up at a club, you can sell them and you can yeah. make more money on them than you yeah. would on CDs or anything else. So to me, mm -hmm. I like to do like micro batches mm -hmm. of, of 
something that would come like a collector's item to the fans that were into what I'm doing. They, that I don't have to go crazy and do 10,000 copies. I can do, do like 50 copies, 100 copies, 200 copies. And then, yeah. then people get to have my stuff. And if they want more, I can do it on demand. Right. So I think yeah, that's right. the kind of future of what we do as artists is we can kind of do very, very yeah. kind of pitch things yeah. for a very small amount that we don't have to go in debt and be really wiped out. Like, <laughs> labels, as old labels will say, you got to do a million copies of that. And then yeah. it doesn't sell it. And they're sitting on the shelf. It's like, no, you got, you know, you can, you can actually do good as a, as an artist at a smaller level. Yes. You know, yes. Like it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's another mm -hmm. way. That, so I think that in my opinion, the future is, is indie artists giving fans what they want. And, and in, in, in that way, you can connect. And yeah. people want to listen to the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Because if yeah. you actually give somebody a vinyl, they're mm -hmm. more likely to listen to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I think about the industry, we'll probably end, end here. Yeah. Over a little bit. It's just like the new reality mm -hmm. of, of coronavirus for all performance artists is like, yeah. you know, how are you able to actually tour yet or, or, mm -hmm. or do anything outside of video? No, but I, I just did the, the performance uh, in May, but actually I have no dates for the future. I am working on uh, a sound installation for an exposition, okay. a, spoken word, uh, a spoken word installation, but I don't know in the future. I really hope uh, that uh, in the coming months, months, it will be possible to organize live events. Uh, after a year and a half uh, of online collaboration, you know, <laughs> I am yeah, trying to get stuff. back to live performances. I really need uh, people in front of me. I want to see the reaction of the people. So it's really important. And I hope that uh, it, it will be yeah. possible, but. I, yeah, I, would, I would love to be able to go to New York and Boston. Cause like I live in a, area us called new hampshire yeah and okay what i do nobody mm -hmm. really likes in new, where i live okay okay <laughs> so I have the same problem to, okay we have a so problem I have, go, <laughs> I have to go to another state i have to go to like massachusetts or new york yeah right? in order yeah it's in the us but it's like you know two hours away or five hours away to, to get to the audience that will like what i'm doing yeah so, i understand so i've been doing this online stuff which keeps me out here um, you know, and this is the way that I've been able to connect and it actually gets people to get into my catalog. Yeah. And know what yeah. I'm doing. Um, but I do want to, like you said, I want to get back to like New York. Like New York is the best place for us, you know, cause I'm in the Northeast. It's like, if I choose like you go Boston, well, I'm going to go yeah. to New York because like, yeah. if I go to New York, it could be somebody from like Spin Magazine or Rolling Stone or some blogger. Yeah. There's, mm -hmm. there's all this, these musical journalists, yeah. radio stations. Like I had to tell a story before we leave. I did this show yeah. back in 2017 and I went and I didn't know there was like a guy, a radio DJ was there okay. and, and he um, heard me and he told me, Hey, I want you to come back. And I okay. had no idea, but that's kind of like the nature of New York. Like you show up in New York and things just happen. It's kind of like mm -hmm. going to LA. So if you, cause there's so many people who have pull, you know, I wasn't mm -hmm. trying to get to this guy, but he saw me play 
and then he said, "Hey, you know, come back and play again." Yeah. And so mm -hmm. you know, that, that's why you like 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 London, New York, Paris places. Yeah. Like that. That, yeah. As a musician, we got to get back to that so we can make those connections. That's the thing about COVID. I think it's been the hardest thing is you can't yes. make those face to face, person to person connections that yeah. every artist needs to move mm -hmm. their career. Right? It's hard yeah. to do that online. I mean, we're trying to do it here. We we, yeah. we, we got a connection, but um, yeah, it is possible. But but mm -hmm. it's, it feels better when you're face to face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, way much better. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I thank you. Um, thank Anna, you. Thank you for the opportunity for this interview. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we, we'd love to have you, um, you know, participate again anytime you want. Um, just, you know, get in touch thank with you. us and we'll send you the link. And this is going to, yeah. this is going to come out. On, okay. I'll give you the link to where it is right now. And then it's going to go on Spotify and I'll send you that. So you'll, you'll get that. So your fans will be able to get it from multiple places. Yeah, perfect. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.